everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T and we're talking scary movies. I appreciate everybody tuning in. It's another brand new episode. We got a nice string of these going on here, folks. We got some fun stuff to talk about. Tonight, there is a spider on the mic. My God, why does this keep happening? They killed a spider really quickly because, uh, you know, no mercy, no reward. Okay, it's off the uh, it's off the mic. All right, man, I swear to God, y'all like hear so many spider-related incidents on this show. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I didn't kill it, so probably still here somewhere. But we're gonna go with it anyway. Act like everything's normal. Uh, again, appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, episodes go up every Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Video episodes go up on YouTube. You can subscribe by going to youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. As well, find our Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash group slash T Scary Movie. Facebook.com slash group slash T Scary Movie. You can find out about our watch parties we do. Uh, we're taking a break for some movies right now. We've been doing a lot of TV watch parties. Doing another one of those tonight. We got a Marianne, got Exorcist, Haunting of Hill House, Creep Show, and then of course Chucky and uh, Dexter Newblood as well, too. So get to the Facebook group, find out what's going on, get in the Discord. We're watching some TV tonight. Uh, and of course, audio only version is on Podbean. I appreciate y'all subscribing who just listen as opposed to just watching because there's not a lot of interesting stuff. I'm not that interesting of a person. I mean, I like myself, but I get it. The audio only version sometimes a lot easier to take down in a uh, sitting, basically, while you can do all your other stuff. So, uh, I wanted to talk a lot about Dexter this week. Because, as you know, this past week, uh, this past Sunday, Dexter New Blood premiered. Now, uh, it depends on the way you want to look at that show. You know, is this technically season nine of Dexter? Or are we looking at this as it is a completely separate series? Uh, so it would be season one of this. Because they did say this is a limited series. Uh, we'll take that. We'll take that at face value right now because... You know, ratings do a lot of things for people, and if this show ends up being a hit, wouldn't be surprised if Dexter's back for another season. So, I don't know. I don't know whether or not this is season nine or this something completely different. But the first episode premiered, and we <laughs> we had a lot of ground to cover since back in 2013. We ended off with uh, Dexter just sailing off into the uh, the waters of Miami and then eventually turning up you know at the other side of the country um, as a uh, as a uh, lumberjack basically is what we were saying uh, and we needed a lot of answers as to what might have been going on since then and so new blood like I said came out this past Sunday and we're gonna talk a little bit about that but I thought it would help if we went back and focused a little bit on the first season of Dexter and at the time what was the last season of Dexter now the eighth season to kind of cover you know where it started and where the series has ended up at this point now uh, Dexter came out 
and this was based on a uh, based on a series of books that were released around the time. This came out in 2006, uh, if I'm correct. And uh, 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 what the hell am I talking about? Um, there was a novel called Darkly Dreaming Dexter that talked about this guy who was basically uh, living a lie. He's a serial killer, but he's not the traditional serial killers that we're used to in movies where they're the bad guys. They're the ones who are basically... Uh, you know, the antagonist of the series and everything. Instead, even though Dexter was a serial killer, Dexter was our protagonist. Dexter was our good guy. Dexter was who we were rooting for because uh, he was a serial killer who had this code that basically made him different from other serial killers out there. You know, he only killed these people who were very deserving of this code that was instilled into him. And the book series went into some wild directions, but Showtime picked it up to develop into a TV series. And I did actually read. Uh, I read the first first three or four books in the Dexter, uh, Dexter series and loved them. Oh, so, so good. So, so good. Um, but one thing that I think we can all agree on if you've read the books and watched the TV show is that there's a very big difference for where they go off. And for better or worse... Uh, the TV show is quite different from what the, uh, what those books brought to us. You know, there's a resemblance of certain things and certain characters, but the TV show uh, that we got was quite different from what was uh, what those books brought there. So a uh, very, very diverse cast, which was a lot of fun to see in a uh, primetime show like this. You know, the show is set in Miami, Florida, and, you know, considering where it's at, you would expect that we can't just have like an all white cast or anything like that. So Dexter works as a uh, blood splatter, uh, blood spatter analyst for Miami Metro PD. And uh, the cast of characters around him, like his commanding officer um, is a uh, uh, Latina woman and his, uh, his sergeant is a black man and uh, his coworker is co is a Cuban coworker. And then, you know, lowest on the totem pole there is Dexter's sister, Deborah, who, you know, is just working in Vice. And that alone made that that series just so interesting. And something about it as well, too, because um, I've talked about on this show with movies and TV series that there's a way that things are kind of lit. And, like, to where they'll make something look overly blue or gray. Like, think of the Underworld series. And notice how most of everything in the Underworld series is shaded in blue or gray. And the only other thing that kind of stands out from that is the red from the blood, and that's very much on purpose. And season one of Dexter kind of did a lot of that because you notice that, like, in all the daytime scenes, it's almost like it's overlit. So, like, the colors that Dexter and the cast of characters around him are always wearing, like Angel wearing his bright pink and yellow shirts, and even Dexter wearing, like, these neon shirts and everything as well, they kind of really stand out. And I don't know why that that is uh, that just stands out in my mind about that first season, but I just love the way that they really did bring Miami to life in that season of the show. Um, and it's also very interesting because I do feel that season one showed us Dexter and probably his most like devious over the course of the entire series of the show because when he was hunting and catching his victims over the course of season one um this was before he had built a lot of those relationships that he gathered over the uh, over the entirety of the show at the time and was kind of humanizing him and so a lot of the way we see dexter in season one really does come off very scary because 
he is a serial killer. He absolutely is a serial killer. And we don't know him enough at that point. Yeah, he's our good guy. He's he's the guy we're following here. But we don't know him enough to not be, you know, appalled or put off by what he's doing to his victims, you know, whether they're guilty or not. Um, and it's interesting to see the way that things kind of unfold around uh, around his sister Deb and the rest of the characters in Miami Metro as the season goes on. Um, a lot of this first season starts setting up immediately that we have to start giving Dexter these human traits that he's a serial killer, but we can't really follow a serial killer in this form uh, without emotions and stuff for so long. So we start to learn about Dexter's past and how he was adopted by a cop. And this cop immediately knew that there was something wrong with Dexter and tried to instill in him this code that basically meant he would only uh, victimize those who deserved it. Nobody who was an innocent. And uh, we learn a lot more about Dexter's past. That Dexter also had a brother. Um, and both Dexter and this brother uh, named Brian uh, witnessed their mother's brutal murder. Brutal, brutal murder uh, by these drug, uh, this drug gang. And that basically formed Dexter and his brother Brian into the serial killers. And whereas Dexter got adopted by Harry the cop who tried to make sure that Dexter stayed on the right path. And even if he couldn't be human, he could be human passing. Uh, Dexter's brother Brian didn't have that same pleasure and wasn't given any kind of code. And so when his like murderous tendencies grew that grew into something unfortunate to where he became, you know, a normal serial killer, basically one that's just murdering uh, for no reason at all. And we're shown both sides throughout this season, you know, Dexter's kills versus his brother, Brian, who at the time is known as the ice truck killer, his kills. And we're basically supposed to see that, yeah, well, Dexter's makes a little bit more sense, but there's not that big of a difference between what Dexter is doing and what's Brian, uh, what Brian is doing. And it's just fascinating the way they play these kills off throughout the season. Um, and of course, in the background, as we're trying to close in on finding out who it is, uh, we, the audience are trying to figure out who the ice truck killer is until they eventually reveal it. Um, uh, but also, uh, some of Dexter's co-workers, including Sergeant Dokes, also have a feeling about Dexter that something's incredibly wrong and that there's some kind of connection there that nobody else knows about. Now, of course, we know that Dexter is the brother to the ice truck killer, but the rest of the cast and the uh, you know, Miami Metro Police Department doesn't know that. So as Dokes begins to kind of piece that there's something wrong with Dexter, this begins his obsession with him, which leads to the very fucking awesome season two uh, with Lila. Uh, but we're not talking about that today. Um, we also get to see, which is very interesting now watching um, Dexter New Blood, which we'll talk about. Uh, it's interesting that we are we don't get to see Dexter from the perspective of everybody else. So we know immediately he's this killer, that he's not a real person, um, and that he's forcing all these emotions. All these things, these are not real. We don't get to enjoy the clouded perspective of Dexter, the normal person. And that's fascinating because... In any other movie or TV series up to the time of Dexter, what was really the norm was that we wouldn't find out who the killer is typically until the end of the film or the end of the series. Because it's usually somebody working with the police or it's somebody um, who's presented as, as like this good guy or this ally or one of our protagonists. And then surprise, surprise, they're the one that's been killing people all this time. 
And Dexter kind of like threw it off because right away it's like, look, this is the person you're following, but you're not going to get to see how he's hoodwinking all these people. Like you're seeing what he's doing, but you're not going to see it from the perspective of everybody around uh, around him and how this is all very natural. And that was fascinating the way that that was you know brought to us because we're watching this show from the perspective of a serial killer. And for once, not everybody else around this serial killer. Um, it was gory. It was bloody. It was brutal. Um, it was scary as well, too. Like, props to the score that they used. Um, because I think y'all know the track I'm talking about. Like, that slow violin track that they use in, in credits um, that they play, like, throughout, like, episodes a lot of times when something creepy is going on. Like, that shit still, like, kind of, like, sends shivers up my spine. Like, I love the music that they used uh Throughout the entire show, but season one, again, does such a good job. And that's another way they actually sell, you know, the Miami atmosphere as well, too. All the music they've been using just feels so authentic to it, you know. Um, but an absolutely fantastic smash way to start off a TV series. I remember that I was lucky enough to get into it uh, pretty quickly. Um, I, I caught on to it, I think, halfway through the first season going on. I was working at Circuit City at the time. That just I tie everything to Circuit City that I can. Um, but I remember jumping into this show about halfway through the first season and just being hooked after that and staying with it through the run of the show. Man, so, so good. So, so good. And I know y'all absolutely love that first season as well. That's a hard one to really top, honestly. Um, and the show, I, I know everybody has, it has its critics about certain seasons and everything like that but season one really is pretty damn perfect honestly um and if not for the trinity killer i think season one would be everybody's favorite season of the show it's kind of hard to you know not choose the trinity killer season as the best one there uh but that is not the only season that we are talking about here um we are talking about the eighth season of dexter at the time was the last season before dexter new blood came out this past week now uh, at this point here in the eighth season uh a lot of shit has gone down all right and um, it's kind of hard not to do without spoiling some things. They were kind of close to the 10-year rule. Um, so I apologize, y'all. I'm not really going to be spoiling De Dexter New Blood, so I'll save you that. But if you have not seen the eighth season of Dexter, you're about to hear some spoilers coming up. So at this point here, uh, LaGuerta found out that Dexter was the Bay Harbor Butcher, that Dexter has been the one that committed all these murders back in the early seasons of the show, that he's responsible for Dokes' death and framing as the Bay Harbor Butcher, um, that he's done all this shit, basically. She had found out, and unfortunately, Deborah was forced into killing LaGuerta to maintain Dexter's secret. Now, that caused all these issues. Obviously, Deb went crazy from it. Um... And uh, she's trying to deal with uh, saving Dexter by basically betraying everything she knew. And keep in mind, this is all uh, th like this all after a lot of other stuff has happened over the course of this show, including you know the death of Rita and a lot of stuff within my, uh, Miami Metro itself and other relationships that Deborah had. Uh, it also ended in tragedy. So there's been a lot that's gone on over the course of this show. And one of the biggest things coming out of it is that Dexter has learned 
actual emotion. He's learned actual feelings by this point. Because in season one, when we meet him, he's very much a blank ca uh, canvas. He's very much just a, uh, he's a dummy. He's a caricature. He's imitating everything that he's seeing. And by the time we're seeing Dexter in season eight, um, this is this is probably as real as Dexter can be at this point. Um, he has these real relationships. He has children. Um, he has he he's been married. You know he he's been in love multiple times. Uh, he's opened up to people about who he really is. Deborah knows who he really is. Um, all these things, all these things have been happening, and we're now at the very end. And uh, one of the biggest importance of this season is that. Um, Dexter finds out about the psychiatrist, Dr. Vogel, who basically developed the code to which Dexter has modeled and shaped his entire life around. And um, it's a lot about nature and nurture and all those kinds of things because over the course of the season, again, it's hammered in that uh, some of the things that took place in season one to where Dexter became this compassionate serial killer, almost uh, this killer that has this code, this killer who won't bend it or break it um, because of living with Harry and because of this code that was created by Dr. Vogel, but was instilled into him by Harry. And, you know, his brother Brian didn't have that. So Brian grew up to become, you know, a stereotypical serial killer. And then Dr. Vogel, uh, we have... Uh, dealing with our big bad this season, um, uh, her son, who is our big bad, this, you know, the serial killer, basically, uh, who, same thing, didn't have the same nurture that Dexter did. And because of that, you know, nothing was instilled in her son that would allow him to not become this brutal and vicious serial killer as well. And there's so, there's a lot of parallels to season one because, again, um, Dr. Vogel's son is this kind of like he's he's very similar to the way that brian was in uh in season one to where he's a um what's the best way to put it like all uh like oliver saxon is a uh like he's he's the successful like unassuming guy there's nothing wrong with him basically like he seems like this very normal well-adjusted person but you know beneath all of that no he's this terrible terrible vicious killer and we find out just kind of the same way that Brian did, wanting to have this relationship with Dexter. Um, uh, Oliver, who turns out to be Daniel Vogel, really just wanted to have this relationship with his mother. He wanted what she never gave him, but what he perceives that she gave to Dexter instead. And so um, a lot of this is about trying to regain that bond and showing that she'll, she'll take him over everything that's going on and being disappointed by that the same way that Brian and Dexter, uh, Brian wanted to reunite with Dexter and form this serial killer bond, but you know had to kill Deborah to do that. Basically, it's the same thing here with uh, Daniel and Evelyn and Dexter as well, to where they want De uh, he wants Dexter dead in order to re reassume that bond, to reconnect that bond between him and Evelyn. And uh, I know a lot of people hated the hated the way this season went, hated the way that the show ultimately ended. And I can I can definitely understand that because um, I don't know what people really wanted. I don't know if people wanted uh, Dexter to really end in this big shootout or getting caught by the police or something like that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what and what it would have satisfied everybody, unfortunately. And I think the problem is is that um, when you look at a few of the uh, previous seasons. And, you know, Rita dies and, um, you know, uh, LaGuardia dies and 
uh, all these other big things that happened. Deborah finding out that Dexter is, you know, a serial killer. All these things. Like, they had some natural ways they could have written the show and finished it off there. And I just think there's no possible way this was going to end on a good note for everybody. Uh, kind of like Lost. You know, Lost got so good to where eventually got strung along so far that no one was going to be happy the way it ended. And so I feel... I didn't hate the way Dexter ended. I I liked what, what what I got, honestly. Like, could it have been better? Sure. But it could have been a lot worse as well, too, honestly. Um, I never really liked Deb, unfortunately. So what ended up happening to her, I was like, whatever, man. Like, let's be done with her, man. Um, so, like, I get a lot of people didn't like the way that that played out. But whatever. I I didn't have I, I didn't hate it. I like Quinn. Um, and I, ultimately, I like Quinn and uh, what ended up happening with Quinn and Batista both, honestly, because um, they're both kind of better characters that deserved a bit of redemption for them both over the course of the mistakes they've made throughout the course of the show. So I liked where we left off with Quinn and Batista as well. Um, I didn't mind Hannah coming back, honestly. Um, Dexter's got to have a love interest. He really, he really does, um, because it helps, like, kind of, like, keep him locked in as a human, honestly. And I feel without that, we're not getting uh, to see that human side of that character. And so Hannah coming back, and then those two reconciling and wanting to have a life. I like that. I honestly really like that because it's the evolution of Dexter realizing he wants a life. He wants a family. He wants love. He wants things that normal people do. Um, and I think that's that's very well deserved after us watching for that many years to see uh, where Dexter has evolved to, honestly. So I didn't mind that he just wanted to up and go and get out that way. Um, it, it ultimately, him having to disappear into the Miami, you know, the Miami Ocean and uh, just showing up in what was it, Washington, basically as a lumberjack, it's whatever. It, it, it like there wasn't an ending that was gonna satisfy everybody, but I enjoyed it. And that takes us to Dexter New Blood. Um, yeah, so we are now uh, not ten years off because again, if you recall. Um, Dexter ended in September of 2013, and it's now only October, or excuse me, November 2021, so we're just eight years away, but the whole idea here is that we are 10 years set on from the end of the original Dexter. Um, so, uh, in this story here, Dexter is living in the fictional town of Iron Lake, New York, under an assumed name of Jim Lindsay, and he's working as a local shopkeeper, just sell a shop that kind of sells kind of everything, a lot of hunting merchandise and things like that. And what we're basically seeing is Dexter's life that he's built for himself. And right off the jump, and I'm uh, guys, I'm avoiding spoilers here. There's certain things that I don't want to hit, but there's one thing I do want to mention. Um, we do not get the traditional Dexter opening, um, which I'm sure y'all remember. It's the the fun, you know, upbeat theme. Uh, it's Dexter, you know, making the coffee, showering, brushing his teeth, uh, tying his shoes, flossing, all that stuff there. We don't get that. And that's very much on purpose because I think one of the main themes of at least this first episode is showing us the perspective of everybody else, how they see Dexter. And if you remember, you know, earlier in the show, I mentioned that 
Um, one of the things that's fantastic about the the first season of Dexter is that we're seeing the the serial killer's perspective, and that's the perspective the entire show. We don't ever see the illusion that everybody else has of Dexter because we're always thinking, man, he's gonna get caught, he's gonna get caught, he's gonna get caught because we're on his side, and. Dexter New Blood immediately kind of throws us into uncomfortable territory because right away we know he's a we know he's Dexter we know he's Dexter but we're not seeing things really from his perspective honestly like I feel like we saw a lot of this first episode from the perspective of the people of Iron Lake and I thought that was really cool to see that because you know there's no reason to, to suspect him like they show all these shots of oh there's a knife here oh there could be killing somebody here and it doesn't happen and it's like that that's again it's like it's so fun because again there's no reason for us to suspect that we're seeing that from the perspective of these people why would dexter grab a knife why would jim lindsay grab a knife and do something bad with it you know and that's so fantastic because then when we get these glimpses of the perspective of dexter you know um because he's having the conversation with his dark passenger you know he's had that over the course of the original series but when he has his few it's not a lot and i like the fact they only pepper it but he has the conversation with his dark passenger um you know that's again coming from dexter's perspective and it's only glimpses and it's kind of like it's just like um a sprinkle of the old dexter like old mannerisms old things he used to say things like that you know um and we kind of see as like a little bit of tension builds over the course of the episode there again more of the old dexter slowly 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 breaking out and we know based on what we've understood about the character dexter and the original series something's got to happen something's got to happen um so i don't want to say too much because you know we're going to watch it and as well like i want y'all to enjoy this too so uh check it out dexter new bloods on showtime fantastic uh and we're going to finish things up here with a quick recap of our latest episode of Chucky. Now, this episode was, again, so freaking awesome. And again, this cast, this crew just makes this show so much fun. We had, we knew legacy characters were starting to show up uh, because, again, we knew that we were going to get Nika, we were going to get uh, uh, Tiffany, we were going to get Andy, we were going to get Kyle, and who knows who else was going to show up. But we knew from promotional materials they were coming and that it was going to pretty much start around now. And we got to help keep molding the story of Charles Lee Ray in the flashbacks there, seeing a young Charles meet up with um, what we presume is a uh, young Tiffany and uh, what ends up happening with the two of them decide to take on a uh, combined murder basically and let me tell you how I was shocked at finding out who was playing young Charles Lee Ray in this one because it's about the time of the original Child's Play movies that's the kind of look that, that Charles has and I was like man this actor looks pretty good in the shots they're doing they're trying to do the whole George McFly thing to where it's not Crispin Glover so we don't want to show you directly on I was like man actor looks pretty good find out it's Fiona Dourif playing young Charles Lee Ray mind fucking blown at that point there killing it man um and she's doing so good with her with her job man because that girl already is playing nika pierce she's also playing current chucky at that point in the body of nika and she's now playing young charles lee ray this girl is so damn talented i hope we get to see more of her as charles lee ray because man absolutely killing it and again 
she's her father's daughter. So there's those similarities as well, too. Um, and we also got to see Tiffany come back. And Tiffany just, oh, she steals it. She absolutely steals it, man. Like, you just know that she is so vicious and ready to get back out there and start some killing again just by the way she plays with uh, Tiffany and Nika, uh, Tiffany and Chucky's hostage at the hotel. Um, it's so great to see her back on. Um, doing a great job. That smile still so, so killer. Uh, and both those ladies just absolutely doing the work in that scene. Um, Fiona Durf going back and forth between Nika and Chucky as well. Is so awesome. Um, I'm excited to see a lot more of that coming up. Uh, but on the kids' side, the kids trying to make a stand. And Lexi making a smart play this week there. She gets her hand on the Chucky doll and immediately starts beating the shit out of it there. Because she's like, nope, not taking any chances. Love it. Practicality. Because in 30 years of Chucky, yes, Chucky is uh, 33 years old as of this week, folks. Um... In the 33 years of Chucky, not a lot of people take a direct approach right away once they know. And it's like, fuck people thinking you're weird. Deal with that later. Beat the shit out of that doll and see what happens. And I'd be remiss. I can't spoil it. But man, 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 man. Woo, Jake and Devin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Jake and Devin. That's the win right there, guys. Yeah. Uh, not going to say anything else there. Um, Chucky was fantastic. Check it out on USA and Sci-Fi. Well, folks, that is going to do it for me tonight. We've talked a lot of good talk about Dexter. Get to the watch party. Come in and watch some more uh, fun horror TV for us. Remember, we have two watch parties next week. We got the TV watch party on Tuesday, and then we're going to watch some movies on Wednesday. We got Spell and Bones coming for you, along with a fun review of that. And then we start getting into some Thanksgiving horror. And then I'm going to hit some requests that y'all gave me. We're going to talk to the Empty Man here in a few weeks as well, too. But that's my time, folks. Like, comment, share, subscribe. I'm T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared.